0: Or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas.
1: Uh, the Sooners, they have to prove that they are ready for the grind. They have one of the toughest schedules in the SEC. They have Alabama, Ole Miss, Missouri, LSU, and Tennessee. All of the aforementioned teams won nine or more games last year. Now, they've recruited SEC level talent, but they also have a lot of things to prove. Now, Brent Venables in his two years in Norman, 10 and 8 against the Big 12, which Not bad, especially when you take into account just how much better they were this past year than they were the year before. So progress was made.
2: Well, there was uh, Greg McElroy as we uh, wait for uh, Teddy to reconnect here. Greg McElroy talking about OU's SEC readiness there. And as you could tell, that wasn't the full clip, but Greg McElroy has many questions about OU heading into year one of the SEC, in, uh, I- including, I guess, uh, how difficult the schedule is and if OU is uh, ready to manage. A schedule that most think is the uh, is the or one of the most difficult in uh, all of the SEC. So, Greg McElroy, and I can play the full audio clip for you, but he's got some questions about OU. He's much more optimistic about Texas. We'll talk about that a lot as the show goes on today. Teddy is back with us. I don't know how much you heard there from G- Greg McElroy. Did you hear any of that? Delete off.
3: Uh well, I heard him talking about how Oklahoma's gonna have to prove they can withstand the uh the onslaught. They've got one of the hardest conferences or one of the hardest schedules in the SEC. And then I
2: bounced. Well, that's just um that that pretty much went on for another uh, minute or so with that audio clip. Yeah. So I you didn't hear all well, of it, but you pretty much got the idea of how old uh McElroy's feeling about OU heading into twenty four, just like everyone else nationally. Like, okay, they're not right. going to be terrible, but I don't know if they're ready for the grind of the SEC. I don't know if they're there yet.
3: Well, it's going to be a grind. I think how much of a grind depends on what type of football team you have. You know, if if you are a team that, you know, lets mistakes cost you, you know, misses field goals and turns the football over critical times of the game and can't get stops, then it's going to be a long, very, very difficult grind. If the opposite of that is true, you make your your field goals, you make smart plays on special teams, you take care of the football. Uh, defensively, you don't give away anything free. You make people earn it all the way down the field. Then I think they'll be just fine. And we'll just have to wait and see what happens.
2: Uh, when you dropped, he did say something to the effect of Britt Vittables was 10-8 against the Big 12 teams. And I was waiting for him to say, like, that's unacceptable or that's bad. And he followed it up with, that's pretty good, seeing how much better the conference was last year. I was like, well, okay. I I did not think I'd hear the day where uh, an OU yeah. head coach was 10-8 and eight against the Big 12 and someone was saying that's pretty good, but here we are. I yeah. I do not think that it is pretty good to be ten and eight against Big Twelve teams, but that's just me.
3: Yeah, well, they clearly need to get much more consistent. They need to get better in, in a bunch of areas. I think there's, there's they've made a lot of headway in some spots, but um, a lot of it needs to come together this year. Not I don't know. I'm I'm pretty confident that it will. There's some things that we still need to see, but. You know, personnel-wise, I, you know, I feel like this is probably maybe, I mean, there's there's some guys that were really good players that are not with the team anymore that, you know, we don't have cal- the players of that caliber that are back. But overall, talent-wise, I feel like this is going to be the best we've been since Venables has been here.
2: Uh, well, I mean, it, it, sh- it should be, right? Like, just. Based yeah. on year three and, and who you have back, like this, this has to be. I think it has to be his best team that he's had so far.
3: Yeah, yeah, uh, it it really should be. Now, what does that mean record wise? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's going to depend which you know baseline. You just look at the schedule. It it is much more difficult than the schedule we played last year. Really, the last two years. So how much better of a team do you have to be to go 10-2? and two? I don't know. Maybe, maybe a lot better, but maybe the same.
2: Uh, here was the uh, rest of what old McElroy had to say about OU. Not bad, especially
1: when you take into account just how much better they were this past year than they were the year before, so progress was made. The problem is the Big 12 got a whole heck of a lot easier last year, and yet they still had losses to Kansas, had a loss to Oklahoma State. And three of their 10 wins came against Big 12 first-year teams in BYU, UCF, and Cincinnati. So I believe that Oklahoma is absolutely trending upward, but there are some question marks. I mean, I think Jackson going can be a really good player. I love the hire of Seth Luttrell. I think they've done a good job of, of reinforcing some depth in the portal to an extent. They've done a good job in the recruiting trail with high school ranks. But this grind that they're about to experience with their schedule is unlike anything they've seen ever in the big 12. Same can be said for Texas, frankly, but it does feel like with Texas's surge into the playoff last year, they're more capable and more prepared to rally up and play teams like this on a week to week basis. What do you think? Fair unfair?
3: Uh, It's all fair. And, I, you know, I don't know that you necessarily need to compare it with Texas. You know, Texas, you know, played the exact same schedule Oklahoma did last – well, I guess not last year, but the year prior. They've been in the same conference. They're coming from pretty much the same thing. Like, maybe you can wipe away all of Texas's problems that they've had with last year and say that, they're more prepared going into the sec this next year i i don't know i'm really i'm really not prepared to say that you know here's the thing if oklahoma and texas had the exact same football team next year they could have different records oh, so sure. yeah you know the it's i don't know how necessarily you frame that i guess you know i'm I think Texas should have a strong football team. I think Oklahoma should have a strong football team. Everyone else, I don't know nearly as much about, just kind of how it is right now. you have to learn more about Missouri. You know, I think they've got some star power on that football team, but I think they're probably not quite as advertised. Uh, same thing with Ole Miss, but, you know, there's it's definitely going to be a higher bar, and, you know, Everyone is, it's going to be different. We talked about how it's going to be different as far as like, you know, we will be up for every opponent. Like we are going to be on edge, but, you know, we're also going to get everyone's best as well as they welcome in Oklahoma. I, you know, I don't think they're going to treat us like Alabama's coming to town or like Georgia's coming to town. And for the moment, rightfully so but you know that coaching staff is still going to be telling them all week long look at look at the list of players look at the list of accomplishments that this program has so everyone's going to be on edge when we come to town too
2: it it feels like uh and we're we're already into the off season we got what what 193 days left 192 days left yeah. until we kick the thing off so we still got a lot of off season left But OU feels like one of those teams nationally that when people bring up, you automatically bring up their schedule first. Like That's kind of what feels like most people go to immediately nationally when they talk about OU. Well, they're making strides. They made strides. But that schedule they have this year is one of the most difficult in the SEC and in the country as well. I bring that up because of the news today with the college football playoff and what the structure is going to look like this year. And maybe it means absolutely nothing when it's time to, you know, pick all 12 teams for the playoff. But the narrative around OU right now is very heavily on they have a very difficult schedule, okay? So if that's the narrative of OU going into the season, man, they got one of the most difficult schedules in the country. And you do win 10 games, and you don't win the SEC— I wonder if there's any way that that narrative of the grueling schedule that they keep saying that you played can help you when it comes to that selection Sunday and making it as an at-large team if you're not a team that wins the SEC next year. Now, what the schedule looks like now is probably going to look a whole lot different, potentially. What it looks like when it's time to pick the 12 teams, but it's just at least something to think about with how OU is perceived nationally going into the year.
3: You know it's interesting I wish there was a just a quick yes answer and I know for the longest time with the SEC that has been the case and I feel like it probably will be the case for Oklahoma as well but I guess you never know man you're really at the mercy of what a bunch of talking heads want to think and say about you. Correct. That's really what it comes down to. Just don't so, have any key players
2: I, injured at the end of the year, even if you have a really good record against a tough schedule.
3: Don't have any key players injured, don't I I don't know, don't ruffle any feathers throughout the year. I don't know. You who knows what what may get you in or get you expelled by the committee. I mean, my guess is the SEC It is now in their benefit to have as many members in the playoff as possible, and if you are one of those possibilities, I think you'll have the full support of the lobby behind you because as much as every fan base may actually hate you, they love more to be able to say the SEC got four teams in. Oh, yeah. Even though they can't stand you, they would want you to be in so they can pound their chest and say the SEC got three or four or five teams or whatever it may be.
2: Frat Bro Mark says, what people forget is Texas should have lost to Kansas State in Houston last year, if not for coaching blunders. We are on par with Texas. Someone else says from the 402, it's hilarious no one ever brings up that OU beat Texas last year.
3: I know. Yeah, that's right. It's like, hey, hello. Hey, uh, McElroy, did you know that Oklahoma defeated the vaunted Texas Longhorns. But even last the people that do neutral
2: site. But even the people that do acknowledge I I picked up on this. The ones that will even bring up that OU did win that game last year to neutral site act like, "Well, yeah, I mean, it was a rivalry game and OU really just stole one at the end there." Which I that that did happen. I get like OU had a drive late to win the game, but they led for the majority of that football game last year. So the, the perception of that game doesn't equal necessarily the reality of what happened that day in Dallas.
3: Well, that's right. And, you know, if Oklahoma on the final drive goes down and air quotes stills one, would it have been the same if yours went down on Oklahoma? No. They wouldn't have stole one. They would have, you know you know, however it would have been framed, but it wouldn't have been framed that way. But again, you know, we are getting treated this way because of how we've played. I mean, that's it. It's frustrating as hell to me that I have to listen to everyone dismiss Oklahoma nonstop. You know, I I want this program to be – Uh, feared, to be respected, to be talked about across the country as to how you do it. Like, that's the standard. That's what I want. So I, I hate being dismissed. I hate watching Texas, even though usually it's not earned, I hate watching them get, you know, all the slaps on the back about how great of a job they're doing down there. You know, I hate all of that. But that's what happens when you lose to Kansas and Oklahoma State, I mean that's that's just what happens uh that's you earn it some are taking the opportunity
2: to uh out of context well I don't know if it's out of context, but uh use in a quote small snippet of what you just said there about Quinn Ewers and uh going down the field on oklahoma i, I don't what did know what I
3: say did I say something weird ewers goes down on oklahoma weird? yeah that's that's the quote that <laughs> some have
2: uh <laughs> picked out from that. Just in case yeah. you were wondering, would that would have been his Heisman moment? Uh, yes, it would have been his Heisman <laughs> moment. In fact,
3: <laughs> oh, love the text line. Good stuff. Good stuff.
2: I uh, do not believe we will have Bob Stoops on next segment. So hopefully uh, later in the week. I mean, we just had him on on Friday, <laughs> right? And we replayed that yesterday right. during the show, but. I'm going to guess we have Bob on uh, at some point later on this week. But he's about to start uh, getting into the busy time of the year for him.
3: Right, yeah. Yeah, he's he's going to start gearing up for camp. they got camp starting, I think, next week, right? So they're probably, as coaches, getting everything all together and, and geared up for camp. So that's going to be fun. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out, Bob Moore Nissan here in Norman, Oklahoma. Can't miss us. Campus Corner.
0: Score big with our basketball collection. Whether you're shooting hoops or cheering from the stands, we will have you representing the Sooners with pride. And softball enthusiasts, Balfour has got you covered too. Swing into action with our best-selling gear, whether it's a jersey, tee, hat, or maybe a button or lapel pin. Hurry because the spirit of the Sooners is waiting for you at Balfour of Norman or online at crimsonproud.com, where you will find everything Sooner.
2: Rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, Knippe Myers, Chevrolet text line 405 651 3439. A lot to get to already there, and we will do that momentarily. But first, a new bracketology was released earlier today. Now, Mm. let's do a little uh, deal or no deal style when I tell you what seed OU is in bracketology. I asked you two weeks ago, I think OU is at a six said deal or no deal, and you were like, Pfft, "What? deal, give me a six right now. It may even have been a five. It was like right around that five, six line. We right. both agreed, yes, we would take that and not think twice about it. Well, today, they are on the eight line. Eight on Bracketology today. Right. Deal or no deal, would you take it? Take it. Deal. I wouldn't think twice about it, just like two weeks ago. You bought it. Absolutely. Not yep. the same number attached, but don't care. Eight at this point, y- yes, please.
3: Yep. Well, yeah, because as I see it, the uh, I think they win the required amount of games to get into the tournament, but just barely. Um, I see some. Uh, I see some L's coming in their future. Uh, hopefully, they get their next one. At Oklahoma State, they should be able to get that one. Uh, It's going to be tough, though, on the road, rivalry game. They played you tough last time. But at Iowa State, I'm going to call that one a loss. I'm probably going to call the one against Houston a loss. Doesn't mean you can't steal one of those. And then probably win one of the final two, maybe both of them. But I think at best... You win three games remaining, right?
2: Yeah. I think you have three winnable games left, the the way that I see it. It's the three that you're talking about. At OSU, Cincinnati at home and at Texas. And I think yeah. there's maybe even a gap. Like Texas beat Kansas State last night. They were pretty awful shooting the three. Like Texas won the game but didn't look great. But I do think like not all three of those games are equal, if you know what I'm saying. Like, right. I no, think I, understand. I think at Texas and maybe even at Oklahoma State, gonna be more difficult to win than that Cincinnati game at home.
3: Yeah, agree. agree. But yes,
2: eight right now, I would take it. I, yes, please. I, not only would I take it, I'd be happy about it at this given uh, time. Even though your first-round game, <sighs> your first-round game would be against Boise. And I don't know much about Boise's basketball team this year. I'm mostly annoyed because of how many times I'd have to see the Statue of Liberty play. <sighs> During, During that game, yeah,
3: yeah, that's that's something that you definitely have to see. But I don't know. I I could. I think I could handle that. I don't know a whole lot about Boise. Maybe that's a stupid statement from me. But I mean, can you ask for much better than to play Boise State in the first round of the tournament? I mean, not at this point. No, I. It's like best case scenario.
2: Yeah, the way things kind of currently feel. So. Do I want what's best for the basketball program, and to get the best possible seed potentially with the best possible matchup, or do I want to decline that because I don't want to have to relive that uh, fiesta ball all over again?
3: You gotta be careful what you wish. Depends for. on how I mean,
2: selfish I want to be. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and I—I I don't know. There may be people texting the. The text line saying Boise State's an absolute juggernaut this year, which may be the case, but I don't think uh, if you're on the nine line that you're an absolute juggernaut. I wouldn't think so. Would not think so. But who knows? I I would absolutely take an eight right now, wouldn't think twice, no worries about it, absolutely give it to me. Um Yeah. And be thankful for it. <laughs> Johnny from
2: UConn says, but then you would get Arizona in round two. Well, yeah. and that's what I've been telling you now for the past few weeks when they were on that 5-6 line is, man, you've got an opportunity here. Like, Take care of business. You know, Do what you need to do at home. Don't be on that 8-9 line where you're going to have to play a one seed in the second round to get to the Sweet 16. Like, now, yeah. seeing how things are going, I'm not going to be picky at all, and I'm just saying... You know just just getting the tournament with the winnable first round game, but this is the situation that i was I was a little fearful of that they were going to end up in at this time of the year
3: well i I get that, but at the same time if if we can get into the tournament and have a winnable first game it, you gotta feel good about that at at this point. I know it's not where we want to be, everyone understands. That that's not where we want to be. We want to be, um, you know, we want to be a final four type of team. You know, it's it's happened here. We we know it can happen. Uh, should that be the standard? Well, maybe that's a bit ambitious. But I mean, it's not too much to ask that this is a a tournament team every year. With a threat to make the Sweet 16, and whenever the stars align, you should be a threat to make the Final Four, right?
2: Yeah. Isn't that about right? Yeah, I'm good with that. 404 says, I think Jared Zambranski plays guard for Boise State. Was <laughs> that the quarterback? <laughs> that was the quarterback who was smiling the entire game. They kept showing him during the game, and he just had a grin a mile wide until he threw the pick six late in the game. Then he had to get all serious again. Yeah. Yeah, he was smiling the entire game. 918, does Boise State have a blue court like their football field?
3: <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. They do not, Maybe. but
2: uh, that would that would fit if if they did. Bright orange. Oh, jeez. Really? 918, have you talked about this today, Tyler? It is the um, – I kind of hinted at it a little bit last segment with, with OU. But uh, we have approved the five plus seven yeah. formats for the 12-team playoff this year. Five highest-ranked conference champs and the next seven highest-ranked teams. It was at six and six earlier. Basically, what I understand it from today is they essentially took out the Pac-12 champ getting an automatic bid. Is that the best way to yeah, make it as simple as right. possible? Yep.
3: Yep. So, you got you got your automatic bids from your your five highest-ranked and then the seven at large. I guess I like that. Um, are you okay with that? I'm okay with that. Um,
2: I mean, you're going to have the winner of the Big Twelve and the ACC this year get a first round buy, so it's not going to be ordered one to twelve who the committee thinks the best twelve teams are. We are heavily weighing conference champs here, and I think and I think I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. So you might see like a. Florida state have the three seed this year and a Utah have the four seed and they both get first round buys.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate that the top four seeds don't get an opportunity to host a, a game. I think that is stupid, but it's the coolest aspect to me
2: about the 12-team playoff. Yeah. I mean, more, more football, I mean, that, that's cool too. But to play a playoff game on someone's home field at four different spots, that's awesome to me. And I, I guess there's, there's obviously benefit to it for not having to play an extra game, but the amount of revenue that, that, uh, that those particular markets lose out on will be pretty substantial. Well,
3: I, here's the thing, though. This is what frustrates me. Imagine how dumb it would be if in the NFL you played every like the first round of the playoffs, the wild card round was at home stadiums, and then the rest of the playoffs were at neutral sites. How stupid would that be?
2: I feel like we flirted with that idea a couple of times with bad weather's in some certain areas, but yeah, yes, it would be.
3: It's ridiculous. I understand that they want to have these bowl games and the bowl tie-ins. I mean, that's fine, but why does the does the bowl game have to be at that stadium? I mean, is that something that they absolutely have to do? I mean, what are you really doing, anyways? It's, you're, you've the playoff has eliminated the bowl stuff. Okay, it's done. I and mean, you still call it whatever it is, but. It doesn't mean anything anymore. You didn't win the Cotton Bowl; you won the sure. second
2: round of the playoffs. Semi-final. It'll, it'll be called yeah. more of a semi-final, quarterfinal, whatever it be. Then, no, I, right. I agree with that. Than the actual Fiesta Bowl, sure. And, and I would bet too. Even at that point in the year, like you're going to have some teams that have had a buy some other teams just coming off a first round win. Like even the bowl experience that they pride themselves on for so long, that's probably not going to be the same. Like, how often, if you're playing in a New Year Six Bowl these days, or a playoff game, whatever, what do teams normally go out? A week out? Ten a, days, Ten days maybe. out, something like that? I bet that's not going to be the same anymore for the Sugar Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, Orange Bowl, games like that. I don't know that for sure. That's just a guess. I,
3: I kind of think the same way, but I, mean, I think they'll at least get there a little bit early and do some functions, but I don't think it's going to be the full – you know, the full on week of practice there like it like it used to be. So I I don't know. It's just it's so weird that they want to move to a full on playoff, but they're gonna try and marry it with the the bowl system and it just doesn't work. I don't I mean it'll work fine. I'll watch and I'll be thrilled to watch. But I think you're you're missing what could be the best aspect of the entire thing. Is is the twelve team
2: playoff gonna be very similar, like from a fan perspective to the NCAA tournament? And what I mean by that is the NCAA tournament is awesome. But the more it goes on, the the deeper that we get into the thing, the less and less awesome it is, unless you have a team making a deep run. Like the first two days of the NCAA tournament is the best part of it, with all the yeah. games and the, you know, the upsets and all that. Is the best part of the 12-team playoff going to be that first round with the home sites? No. And the top four teams aren't even involved?
3: I don't think so. I think it's different because in college basketball, you you take what is a sport that is not heavily followed by most people throughout the year, and then during a couple of weeks is followed by absolutely everybody. Football – is followed by absolutely everybody the entire fall. So I think they're different. I don't. I don't think it's going to be
2: maybe not. But I do think this year the novelty of seeing at least for one year the first year we're seeing playoff games at home sites in the first round. To me, that's going to be the most anticipated yes. part of the whole thing. It's just that will be never very, seen very that cool. before.
3: Yeah, that will be awesome. How is Kirk Herb Street going to be able to fly to all of those locations and call? Every single game,
2: I don't know, but he'll he'll send out many pictures of his dog along the way <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, I don't know i'm uh, it, it, I get it, it's difficult it's there's really no easy system there's nobody's ever going to agree on on everything the way that the the sport is currently set up, so I'm not complaining too much. This is by far the best that we've had ever. So, we'll see if it's an absolute disaster. In yes. One. <laughs> Is there still a
2: committee involved in this? Remember what Mike oh, Leach said about yeah. committees. It will be oh, a disaster.
3: Yeah. Don't worry. That's funny. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Hanging out here at Bob Moore Nissan. 0% for 72 months, all month long. 0% on new uh, Nissan Arias. 2.9% on the Rogues. 39 on the Altimas. And 0% on all Nissan Titan trucks here at Bob Moore Nissan.
0: Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Sooner football? We do, too. This is the Hope. So every time you raise a Pacifico, let it be a reminder to live life anchors up. Wake up with Toby Rowland. Not much to talk about. We'll figure out a way to cobble our way through three hours. And T.J. Perry. (laughs) What a (laughs) bum. What a complete bomb. The T-Row in the morning show. It's what a sports show sounds like when people remember to have fun. Your sexiness comes through the radio. It's just all around. The package is fantastic. (laughs) T-Row and TJ on the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. 405-651-3439
2: is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Really fun show yesterday with all the cool interviews we had, including JFA himself, who we talked with for about six minutes today. I know they replayed that this morning, uh, replayed it, uh, Steelman and Thune did as well. We'll probably replay that six minutes in the final hour as well. What was your uh what was your big takeaway though from uh, from from Jackson did, did he physically look more impressive than he did a year ago I don't know if you took notice with that uh, or not I
3: thought he I thought he looked a, a little bit thicker a little bigger a little stronger um, you know he, he's he's a year older so that's natural um, not that he looked you know thin or slight before he's always been a, a big kid but you know, I, I think he's think he's grown into, a, you know, a, a, a bigger athlete. You know, I, I thought that was thought that was pretty impressive. Thought he handled himself in the interview really well. I mean, seems like a seasoned pro, man.
2: Seasoned pro, and when we talked to asked him about the wide receiver, seemed to be pretty excited with where uh, what what they have at that group. Yeah, I think they're. I think a big part of the spring and training camp will be sorting out just exactly what what they have. And who's going to be the main targets. But I just I, – some of those guys need to be more consistent, yes. I, I guess I just really don't question the talent that OU's going to have at wide
3: receiver this year. Right. I don't either. I don't either. I, I don't I, – I guess I don't – I really haven't questioned the talent we have at wide receiver for a while. Um, I've kind of questioned – you know maybe some of the consistency from from some of those guys but more so kind of the use and how we've i i get frustrated because i feel like we have often used our wide receivers and really all of our skill players on offense as a one size fits all this is our system and we're plugging you into our system and i just I don't think it should work that way.
2: Well, no. That's been my I, first I, I would want an offense that kind of highlights the the strengths of yeah. uh, of your best – or just highlight your best players, man. Like That's right. Well, we, we try to complicate football so much, but in basketball, <laughs> you get the ball to your best player, you know. Football yeah. can be the same way. If some of your best players are at wide receiver, you've got someone explosive, a mismatch on the outside, exploit that, man. And – and, and I know that maybe some the, the coverages from game to game that the OU offense was seeing last year, maybe they weren't the same week in and week out. But it's still crazy to me to think back game by game how one week, Teddy, they would be bombs away. Boy, they're going to throw the thing down the field. Deep balls, a ton of deep balls throughout the game. And then the next week, they might throw one. Right. And then it's back to deep balls again. And then maybe for the next couple weeks, you don't see a lot. It was just very off and on with... Maybe how aggressive they were down the field at times,
3: yeah no i I agree with that, and you know I, a lot of that has to do with what looks you're getting and you know what 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 some of that is what's going on there and and you know what what coverages you might be seeing all that stuff. I understand all of that, but you know i I still think that there's there's plenty easy ways to highlight some of your your best players in, in some stuff that – like you don't have to one-size-fits-all mold every single guy into your system. You should shape your system around your roster. And let me be clear, like that is not just an Oklahoma problem. I think that that is – and I think it has happened at Oklahoma – but I think it's a college football, in general, problem.
2: Well, who, whose call is that ultimately? Was that kind of identity the OC's call, the head coach's call? Yeah. They collaborated and they they both wanted that. Like, who's who, who's most, I guess, to blame there? If you want to say it that well, way.
3: Well, I, I think it's the I think it's the offensive coordinator. But you know, ultimately, it it falls on the the head coach. Like, whatever that final product is, and and whatever the, the offense or defense is doing out there, I mean, ultimately the, the head coach is the one that's signing off on it and has veto power on everything. Now, you don't want to go around striking everything that everyone does that, that works for you, but, you know, I mean, you you brought them there to run, you know, the, the best offense possible. So, I mean, you kind of have to take what they what they do. But, you know, I also think that there's – There's some real easy stuff to implement that I just don't see happen often enough in college. Back
2: to the whole uh, SEC grind of the schedule this year for OU. From the state of Tennessee, in the late 90s and early 2000s, the Big 12 grind was pretty similar to the SEC now. Yeah. So if we want to say, I I think that this is kind of a good way to look at that. If we want to say, okay, this year is the most difficult schedule OU's had since when? Might it be two thousand <laughs> when when you go runner 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 Texas at Kansas State Nebraska and then a really tough game at A and M Big Twelve Championship against Kansas State and then of course Florida State like m- maybe I have to exclude the the postseason games and just look at the regular season but there were still four tough regular season games that year that season yeah
3: I I don't know I mean, as you look at it right now. I mean, it looks really difficult, but, I I mean, it's hard to say. Tennessee, what you're probably, Tennessee's probably going to be a top 15 team. Um, Texas is probably going to be a top, by the time you play them, Top ten at least, maybe top five.
2: Dude, if they they roll into that game undefeated, they may be top three. I think they will will probably start the season at number three behind Georgia and Ohio State.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, a top 15, a top five, or ten maybe at the time. Ole Miss, I mean, I don't know what Ole Miss is going to be by the time you play them in late October. You know, maybe they're – if I remember right, their schedule's not all that difficult, but – um, you know, that maybe they've dropped a couple of games themselves. And i it's hard to say. Like, You could easily find yourself playing a top 15 Tennessee, a top five Texas, a top 10 Ole Miss, a top 10 Missouri, a top 10 Alabama, and a top 10 LSU. But I don't think it's going to unfold that way. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I, there's going to be some teams that are a little bit better and right. others that are a little bit worse. but you know i it's as you look at it right now i mean it has the feeling of something like that but it's spread out a little bit more you know but if you oh my gosh yeah absolutely you may you may play six top 25 teams. And and maybe three of those are top 10 perhaps. So, but you may end up only playing three top 25 opponents. Tennessee, Texas, and Alabama. You know, but who knows what it looks like, but it's going to be fun and it's going to be difficult. But like we've said in the past, I think this is exactly what Oklahoma needs. It's time to crank it up. All right, quick timeout. More from the Rush coming up. Stay tuned. Hanging out here. Bob Moore Nissan today. We'll be back.
0: Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet in Blanchard, USA. They're a truck.
2: Cavens Group, bringing you the Sour of the Rush. If you have an emergency 24 hours a day, you know what to do. Give Cavens a call at 405-573-3048. They specialize in fire, water, mold, remediation, and crime scene cleanup. That's Cavens Group at 405-573-3048. You have once, actually many a times, called yourself a horseman on the show. Do you, right. do you fancy yourself—I uh, think I know the answer to this—do you fancy yourself as a sod expert, by
3: chance? You know a lot about the sod world. I would not say I am an expert, no, but I have a decent amount of <laughs> general knowledge. Okay. Okay. Uh,
2: for entertainment's sake, I thought I'd let you answer a question we have on our Facebook page, okay. the Ref Sports Radio Network. Attached are a couple of photos from Love's Field, 10 days away mm-hmm. from opening up the new park, and the sod is down. That That's happened recently. And we had a question on our Facebook page that basically asks, is how do you think that new sod will hold up since it will only be down for two weeks and really not growing season. Looks awesome, though. Hell, the whole complex is amazing. Booma.
3: I would say I think it'll hold up horribly. <laughs> <laughs> now, hang on a second. I haven't seen a picture of it. Is it green?
2: Uh, yes, yes, the grass is uh, green at Love's Field.
3: What could it be? I guess maybe they put down, maybe they're putting some type of, rye or fescue down. Let me, uh,
2: give me about 15 seconds and I'm going to tell you exactly what it is because the OU softball. Uh, the sod at Love's Field is in featuring the finest Tahoma Bermuda grass. That's what they have at Love's Field.
3: How is it green? Bermuda is dormant right now, so I don't know how it's green but um, I don't know. Maybe they grew it inside somewhere, but that's – I don't know. That stuff is good, and if they put it down, those people know what they're doing. They'll be able to play on it. It's not like it's uh, going to be
2: – Yes, he knows what he's doing. Yeah,
3: it's not like they're going to be playing a football game on it. It's a little bit different. I think the sod doesn't go through the torture test that a football field typically does, so I think it'll be fine. I,
2: my response to that question on our Facebook page, it was, I have no clue – I'm more worried about the scoreboard and how that's going to hold up with as much power that this team has, just sitting dead in center field. The Oklahoma-shaped scoreboard.
3: Does it go to triple digits? Is is
2: that? Every... I, that's an alteration that they're going to have to make because I don't think it does at this point. Yeah, they're going to have to have uh, they're they're going to have to pull a a Bob Stoops o three against Texas A and M. And just start, yeah. just start uh, falling down at the plate, striking out on purpose to not get it up to a hundred.
3: <laughs> uh, that would be great. I need to. See, I want to see that picture of. Is it on?
2: Oh, well, you can go to the OU softball Twitter account, or I'll just, okay. I'll just send yeah. you the photos, whatever. Gunny says, cool. I know a lot about grass, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
3: even, well, you know a lot about golf. I even know more about weed or something like that. Was that Snoop <laughs> in uh, Starskin Hutch? Yes,
2: guy from parts unknown says sod no, grass yes. Uh, let's see. Slim Brady says, don't they do something with the field during the bye week in the football season?
3: Uh, I don't know, but I'm seeing what they're rolling out and that is, it's pretty cool. It's got, you know, typically whenever you roll out sod, it's, you know, you just have like, I don't know, uh, maybe a half or three quarter of an inch under the of of dirt underneath like this stuff have like four inches of sod that they were yeah. rolling out underneath it that is uh it, it's crazy it, it's stuff. crazy
2: to think about it this way i i don't think that we're taking it for granted at all the excitement of this new place but the last time a sport on campus opened up like a new stadium state you know what i mean by uh, that yeah it's been yeah, a
3: while no it, it has been a while that's that's a good point. All right, quick timeout. we got hour number two coming up next here from Bob Moore, Nissan. Stay tuned. I heard you crying loud. My-